Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, good morning, amigo. doesn't like baseball too much he says right frank so he says he doesn't like baseball too much so he'd rather talk about jake garcia and college football and well, one thing has to do with the other but like we have enough quarterbacks i don't know what the hell's going on there so since he's young and he seems to be the leader of this young buck crew of um fans by the way i had one hit me up on the side he Ready to go to work on national radio. So uh, we're going to ask Brad Tejeda about his boys. Is Brad ready to, to come in? Like, what a rookie. He's not ready. I, He's ready to roll. That was your cue, Brad. Hello, Brad. What's going on, there fellas? Go. I am I am, I am. I am. definitely ready. I just had some cafecito this morning. I am pumped. Where's mine? You're your... You're you're tuned in to the Amigo and Gringo show. Oh, is, is cafecito, uh, cafecito's available in Gainesville. Yeah, well, Unfo- un- unfortunately, only at about two or three places. Oh, at least you can find it. That's cool. You can find cafecito. When I lived in Gainesville, I couldn't find cafecito anywhere. There, nah, there it, was it, one it, joint that had it, um, and it wasn't very good. You had to go with the cafe con leche because the coffee itself was like whatever. It was like Puerto Rican coffee. I don't know. Um, uh, for 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 a while, I ended up having to uh, hit up Color Ridge Labs and ask for like tutorials over the phone how to how well, to make it from scratch. You're probably better off getting you know come when you come to Miami, buying your three or four sacks of of cafe la llave, and your little cafecito, uh, you know brewer, like we all have. And I think that would be your best bet to get the best Cuban coffee imaginable in Gainesville because Gainesville they don't know anything about that. Remember the capacity of the alligator's brain. It, it doesn't leave for a lot of depth. Remember that. So there's only a few things they get right. They get pizza, correct, right? They get uh, girls graduate from UF no longer a virgin because that's, like that's like a rite of passage. Um, <laughs> and they suck at football. Those are the three. Like that really goes hand in hand. Um, what's up with all this Jake Garcia talk, bro? Talk to me a little bit about Jake Garcia. Why the hell we need him when we have a pretty good quarterback and another pretty good quarterback. Like what, what's the deal here? So, Talk so, to me. Guru. So, 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 so you're talking about Jake Garcia, the golden child. You're not talking about just any other guy. Um, when you, when you think of Jake Garcia, you're thinking of a poster boy. Well, when the word quarterback, when you look it up in the dictionary, you will probably see Jake Garcia's throwing motion in that, in that picture. Uh, when you talk about Jake Garcia, you're talking about a quarterback that Miami probably has not had talent-wise since Ken Dorsey. Um, and when you talk about Ken Dorsey, uh, there's something that lines up between the two, and, and it's that beautiful state on the other side of us called California. 
Um, when, when you talk about the state of California, they are known for breeding quarterbacks. They are. Um, ask our guy, uh, Gino Toretta, uh, all these other guys. We have Kyle Wright um, back in the day where obviously Kyle Wright didn't really perform well. But I think with a guy like De'Ara King, you're going to see a quarterback in a new system with Red Lashley that's going to actually help out any quarterback we go after in the future. Um, like you just mentioned, we do have quarterbacks like Tyler Van Dyke. We got Nikosi Perry. Uh, we got our boy Tate Martell. Um, and I think I think you're going to see a, a, a change of direction here. You guys were talking about Hurricanes earlier with the name Jerry, but I think they skipped the name Jake. Because there will be a Category 5 hurricane touching down in South Florida real soon, and his name will be Jake. But wasn't Brad Kaya supposed to be that California golden Wasn't Kyle? Kyle Wright supposed to be that guy, too? That didn't work out very well. Like, I, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, oh, okay, I love you, Brad. But I remember the day when the quarterbacks that worked out didn't have those names. Those were names of quarterbacks that didn't do so good. And, and you feel this strongly about Jake Garcia, but it was just a few months ago Miami Faithful felt this strong about King. Like, where are we at? We even got an offensive lineman that's familiar to King. Even Tate, Mar you know, even Tate was a— I Tate Martell was the quarterback we, we of the waited, future. We waited for him at the airport, and he hasn't been able to we, sniff the field. We won the transfer portal last year with Tate Martell, I think, supposedly. Correct, and we, and we, we actually—and we won the transfer portal again this year, but, but the things that are changing is a lot different now. You're talking about a new— offensive system that's going to play in the benefit for all these guys, not only on our football team currently, but for the future. All these South Florida kids, they're used to playing in the spread. They're used to playing fast, not thinking, and using their speed and talent to the best of their advantage. Unfortunately, Miami has been handcuffed the past 10, 15 years with either bad offensive coordinators, bad defensive coordinators, or a mixture of both. Anytime we have some type of talent, either in the quarterback situation or the running back situation or the receiver situation. We typically don't have a solid offensive line or a quarterback or an offensive coordinator who has that quarterback guru instinct. I think what we did was we saw the name Dan Enos this past year. We saw Alabama. We saw Tua. We saw Jalen Hurts. And we got very happy like any Hurricane fan should. We put all of our eggs in one basket, and unfortunately, it, it didn't work out well, um, not only for Dan Enos, but for Manny Diaz. It was his first time being a head coach, and just like anything, for the first time, put, it takes growing pain. You're going to have your losses. You're going to have your wins. Unfortunately, his losses were way worse than his wins. You talk about an FIU team that ended up being the best team in South Florida last year. That, that's, that's very bad. Oh for any Miami fan looking from the outside in. So here's and then you talk about Louisiana Tech being the only college football team out of any team that played a playoff or bowl game did not score a single point. Yeah, it's. It, it, let me ask you this, Brad, because I know that we, we tend to be very optimistic. Um, I came on here after the first game of the season last year and ripped Dan Enos. And I remember ripping Dan Enos, and I think even some of your friends ripped me for ripping Dan Enos. I remember clearly. I lost the bet. Huh? I lost the bet. Yeah, well, you lost lunch because of this, but I remember getting ragged on profusely by Miami Faithful 
when I said this guy was a jackass and this is not, you got to hold these kids accountable. That's the problem around here. There's no accountability. And then at the end of the year, everybody was trying to get Enos fired. And I was trying to explain to you, the only way you can hold somebody accountable is by first holding yourself accountable. And Dan Enos never held himself accountable. Dan Enos was a big, fat mess, okay, with a lot of smoke, a lot of hyperbole, but no substance. So the Absolutely. reason I bring this up to you, Brad, is because it seems like every so often in Miami's recent history, we build up to something that we think is going to be great, and then it crashes and burns. Just ask Al Golden. Um, these are the things that some of the older Miami fans like myself, we take all of this optimism with a grain of salt. We saw a Miami play in an orange bowl. And if they lost one time, we'd be upset about how they lost and how they blew it in the third quarter or something like nowadays we're talking six and seven. We're losing FIU playing close games against Louisiana tech and doing things that are out of the norm of a program that supposedly rose from the ashes and is as great as Miami's program is. I believe we can continue to be great because we have a lot of things that make us, uh, give us an advantage. South Florida gives us an advantage, a hub for football here, uh, and a recruiting uh, magnet that is Coral Gables. Uh, all that stuff, you know, a pathway to the, to, to the pros, which even to this day, even though Miami's not as good as they used to be, they're still putting people in the pros like nobody's business. So you want to play in the NFL, you might want to go to Miami. It's a good good idea, but to get back to where we were or even a semblance of where we were. I don't know if it's about Manny. I don't know if it's about the new assistant coaches because those come and go every other year, it seems like. I think it comes from a culture that has to understand that winning comes first. And if these I, players I, if these players can do that, Brad, then we're back in shape. But I, I don't know. You're going to get someone who's a little jaded from me. I, I love my Canes no, more than just about anyone I know. Nobody could even challenge me on my love for the Canes. But I'm also very well-grounded, and I'm also very frustrated with the hope and the promise of the future coming up flat. And, and that's what I, I think is an issue. And you know what? I, I absolutely I, I agree with you with everything you're saying. But let me ask you this. When is the last time Miami has had a proven offensive coordinator? As far I'm not talking about just developing one area – on offense, but an actual proven offense coordinator that has done things from multiple schools and actually has proven stats to back it up. It's been a while. Yeah, I give you. Now that. let me ask. Now, now let me ask you this: When is the last time Miami has had a proven quarterback who's not only a leader on and off the field, but is a Heisman caliber talent? You said Dorsey. Um, I happen to agree. I think it's Dorsey. Although, I mean, there's a. When is the When is the last good, time? that Miami has had a proven offensive line coach who can not only develop players, but can recruit them. Well, it's been a long time since my boy, uh, Arquijo was there. So yeah, it's been a bit, they well, got rid Arquijo of him the, and they have Arquijo the first time. Yeah. The first time. And when Cause it, Arquijo and, the second time it, wasn't as good. Yeah, it's true. And when is the last time Miami has had the two top best defensive ends in college football at the same time? That's going to be fun to watch those two, right? We expect big things from those two, right? But we got to make sure that that defense that was playing lights out two or three years ago is back to its form. So my question is, they're great. Are they going to make the secondary better? And is the secondary good enough that when they make them better, they become great? Or are they just an average secondary with a good line? They'll make some plays, but at the end of it, they're still going to be overmatched. That's my question. Because I know once upon a time, our corners and our secondary were locked down. Now, I'm sure they're good. 
I'm sure they're good. I mean, your secondary, your your secondary as far as your safeties, actually is one of the strong suits on the football team this year. You look at a guy like Gervin Hall, um, who's coming into his own. This is his third year. This is going to be his breakout year. Then you also look at a guy like Bubba Bolden, who was a transfer from USC. Yes, he was probably one of our top guys last year, and he only played in a few games before Gervin celebrated with him, and he actually uh, broke his leg. That is a kid that's actually going to end up probably getting drafted after this year. I could see a guy like Bubba Bolden having a huge year for the Canes and will probably end up leaving a year early. And then you look at a guy like Amari Carter, who usually plays safety, but I think because of the two guys I just mentioned and bringing in a talented guy like Avante Williams, who's a five-star kid we grabbed from Florida, I think you're going to look at someone like Amari Carter switch to the linebacker slash striker position. So it's going to help a little bit with not only the depth, but an experience we have on that side of the ball. Because besides Zach McLeod, you're looking at a lot of young talent, but doesn't have much experience, like you just said. With corners, yes, um, you have a little bit of question marks. But again, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on this D-line in the pass rush. I think our pass rush is going to be top five, easily top three in the nation. It's going to be sick. Just like everyone project. It's going to be, be sick, I mean, man. It, it, here's the other problem why it's going to be sick is this, you, you talk about the ends all you want, but now your linebackers cracking through, um, you know, A gaps and B gaps on blitzes or on organized blitzes where then all of a sudden your outsides shoot back. Um, you have a situation where you're going to confuse that off- the opposing offensive line all day because you've got those corners. They make the linebackers better. My bigger question is, you're right, our safeties are strong. Can our can our corners play strong? you got to play with balls when you play in the corners. Sometimes you're mano a mano, man to man on a guy. And, yeah, you're help, you, you expect help, but on the kind of defense we play, we're not playing Sonita, baby. We're playing you, you're going to play on the balls of your feet. You're going you're gonna to play a man zone, but you're going to play more of a man. And if your guy gets behind you, you might get some help, but it's on you. So I, I think we're going to shorten the time the quarter, opposing quarterback has to throw the football, and I think it's going to make the other elements of our defense much better. I agree with you on that. Uh, Rousseau is, an, is, is just a man-child. Like, it's just that, that guy's unbelievable. Um, I'm just worried that all that looks great on paper, Frank. You, you know where I'm going with this, right? Like, you've been yeah, absolutely. Uh, more than a decade season holder, and, and I have 40-plus years into this, this program. And I love watching them when they win, but I'm not convinced. I love the direction. Now, if we lose a couple of games, are we immediately blaming Manny again? Because it's not like our schedule is a cupcake this year. You know, like, are we? Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, this is Manny Diaz's year. This is all on Manny Diaz. He, he got all the right hires. He got the right guys in place in the most important positions in college football. I, I feel like we almost check everything, every single one off. So, yes, unfortunately, it is on Manny Diaz. If he doesn't get at least nine wins, uh, ten in the regular season, I, I think I think we need to start looking elsewhere, man. Yeah. But I, I have all the faith in the world in Manny Diaz right now. I think I think he's humbled himself. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, you, you, you see, as soon as the season ended, he learned from his mistakes. He fired everybody on the offensive side, and he upgraded literally on everything that we – had a problem with last year. You talk about the kicking game. We went out and got a kicker. You talk about the quarterback. We went out and got not only a Heisman candidate quarterback, but we got a leader. Um, Derek King, I mean, I don't know if you follow him on social media, but the kid is a workhorse. I don't think Miami has seen anybody as hard as a worker as that kid in a very long time. And I think him being the quarterback and the leader of the team, all it's going to do is leak throughout the locker room, and you're going to see a way better 
football team as far as the culture, overall built of how the team is bringing themselves on the field. And you talked about something else as far as recruiting and other things that might help uh, Miami, but not only Miami, but every team in Florida. This past week you had that CAA uh, lightning bill get passed by uh, Gover- Governor Satanter, I believe. Um, and out of every place in Florida, he, he decided to, to, to do it in Miami. And Miami IPS. <laughs> I saw now, that. I, I, thought, I thought that was actually a good, uh, a good look for Miami. Yeah, so, it's, so it's always good to get that kind of exposure. I will say this, and we're talking to Brad Tejeda here on Good Morning Amigo. Brad will be able, you'll be able to hear Brad Tuesdays at noon starting in a couple of weeks right here on Slam Radio. He's big Miami insider, but also just a big guru in sports in general. He's got a great fan base. Um, his fans follow him on Twitter. Um, they follow his podcast, his vidcast, and so happy to have you as part of our uh, Slam Radio family. Um I look at how things are going to progress relative to the Miami Hurricanes in football, and I think that er all the elements of getting a lot better are there. To me, the biggest move, Frank laughs when I say these things, to me the biggest move was getting rid of Danny Enos. I think I felt he was negative. I felt he made Manny do things that were not Manny-like, okay? And maybe I'm making excuses for the Cuban guy. I don't know, but... Last year's Manny was not the Manny we knew as a defensive coordinator or his first year. I mean, it just it didn't make any sense what we were seeing. You know, it was total anomaly of who we knew him to be, and it threw us a curveball to be quite frank. And I I personally think it was Danny. So I think we're going to see Manny looser doing the things that Manny did that made him successful. The question is the people he's hired around him. It's, they're going to make or break him, like you said. And, and, and he has the talent. Can the coaches keep up with that talent? We're, that remains to be seen. There's a lot of stuff we can't – there's a lot of intangibles we can't even put our arms around because of COVID. Like, none of these kids have worked out together. We don't – like, there are a lot of things that are still left to be seen before we can figure it out. But you're right about one thing. There is more promise. I feel a little more confident this year than years past. I love that we almost beat Florida last year, but I hated what happened after that game and the accountability game. You start a, a freshman at quarterback and you're ragging on the freshman because of what mistakes he made. I, it just, it blew me away. It blew me. And I'm telling you, I got, I got killed for it, Brad. I'm telling you, many of our friends on Twitter, they forgot that they killed me about that. And, and I remember I never threw it in anyone's face hard, except for when they started crashing and burning, Frank would get mad at me. It's not that I would laugh that Miami lost, but I'd come back with almost a smug smirk. Like, I told you this team sucks with that guy. As long as that guy's there, you guys are going to be terrible. You'll see. And, 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 I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out this year, but I, I thought he was the problem. I really did. Yeah, I mean, the mixture of Dan Enos and any of the quarterback roulette I mean, we, that we had, we ended up switching quarterbacks three or four times throughout the season, and I mean, it just seemed like none of the quarterbacks wanted to be the guy for the Miami Hurricanes football team. And I think that's something that we've been missing for a long time. Um, obviously, Brad Kyle was one of those guys that seemed groomed to be the next great one. Unfortunately, offensive line, play calling it w- was just another thing that ended up not working out. Um, but, but again, going back to what I said, this is all things that now we have proven. Right? Lashley has done this quite a few times at SMU. Auburn um so, so he has the resume to back it up 
And I mean, if that if that doesn't uh, excite you, we we got our guy. Uh, I don't know else if you've heard, but we got our guy Nevin Shapiro out. Oh. So the last time, the, the last time Miami, the last time Miami was great was when Nevin Shapiro <laughs> out. The yep. last time Nevin Shapiro was out, um, I'm pretty sure we were throwing money left and right, and we just talked about this likeness bill. And yes, it doesn't go in effect till 2021. But like I talked about in my Zoom call a couple nights ago with some Kane fans, and anything that gets passed the first time, doesn't matter what type of law it is, there's going to be some loops and holes in it. And unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of these young cats that are hungry in Miami that want to make some money off these kids. And it's going to benefit both parties. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Nevin Shapiro dip his hand in a few things. I mean, he's got to pay back. A lot of money back. He owes a lot government. of money to a lot of people. He sure does. So, I mean, if you're going to have to pay it back in any job you get, if you're pretty much not going to be making any money, you might as well do something you love. And I know he loves the Hurricanes. Uh, you think he still does? I don't think he loves the Hurricanes that much anymore, Brian. I think he's a little angry at the Hurricanes. He said as much. <laughs> he, he said as much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We're going to let you go. Thanks for stopping through. Are you going to learn some baseball anytime soon? Because I'm not going to talk Canes with you every time I have you on. Or maybe I will. No, we could, we could definitely talk some baseball. Unfortunately, they're, they're not on TV lately. Uh, it seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot right now. <laughs> I need sports, bro. Yeah, buddy. I need sports, bro. This is driving me nuts. Bro. This is terrible. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like your producer? I love it, man. I love it. He's got a lot of passion, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He does. If you got to shut him up for some reason, you're allowed to. You know that, right? He, he'll go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if I got to whack him over the back of the head somehow. Cause, uh, Brad, these millions need a shoddy uppy every once in a while. Especially him. Oh, I'll I whack him on the back of the head if you need me to. <laughs> oh, man. Not bad, guys. I, I, I appreciate uh, coming on again this morning, and I look forward to it the next couple weeks having my show. We'll talk Kane's football. We'll talk some Miami Heat. Uh, hopefully there's a little baseball we can talk. If not, we'll talk some NFL and a little bit of uh, South Florida high school football. Um, of course, we just landed Romello Brinson over the weekend, uh, re recommit uh, back to Miami, so that's great things. And uh, I'm looking for big things for the Miami Hurricanes in the future. So tell me about your friend Hurricanes Marsh. He hit me up. So that that guy is the legend for Miami Hurricanes social media. I'll tell you that right now. I, I don't know if you you mentioned Jake Garcia, but Jake Garcia's name got trending because of that guy. And <laughs> it ended up being 66,000 tweets uh, just in that night of when Romello Brinson committed to Miami. Um, anybody who doesn't follow recruiting, Jake Garcia, who we were just talking about, uh, ended up jumping on the Instagram live of Romello Brinson and Khalil Brantley uh, and pretty much messing around with the kids and the fans saying, hey, I'm going to transfer to Miami Northwestern. Uh, I'm, I, we're going to do big things. And ever since then, man, uh, Marsh ended up tweeting Garcia to the U and it got 66,000 retweets, likes, and it, it's been trending ever since, man. And I think, I think in the next week or two, you might see Jake Garcia he dropping just, a note. He just, and it could be because of Marsh. He just quoted you from the show. We got our guy Nevin Shapiro back, end quote, and he puts you. 
So he has no shame in outing you, like, immediately. You just said that. Like, the words are still echoing in my ear when you said it, and he tweets it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> your boys hold you very accountable, I noticed. They were giving you all kinds of heck about your logo because you were wearing what seemed to be a red UM jersey. They said, you're a Georgia fan in disguise. What's that all about? Um, um, what was we'll that all about? We'll have to save this for one of my, my episodes on the pod, but I've, I saw, I've been on the wrong end of trolling before, unfortunately, social media and trolling that if you're on the wrong end, it could get pretty bad. And unfortunately, uh, I don't want to dig too deep into it. Um, but I was, I got a picture of me in a, in a, in a Florida outfit, um, because of my, my fiance, who obviously that was you, that was you. I think I even commented on that once. Ouch! You did that. That was me, unfortunately. I lost a bet to my fiance, and I had to uh, wear that. Unfortunately, you must really love her, bro. Uh, I, I, I've loved her, unfortunately, since middle school. I, I met her. I met her in seventh grade, and uh, everything works out for a reason. It seems like. Yeah, Jake, Jake does have some some very nice mechanics, but I mean, okay, I'm watching him now. And and by the way, the girlfriend being like like I had an ex girlfriend who who was a gator. And notice how I said she's an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> That's one of the first questions. I'm like, so um, who do you represent? The Hurricanes? Oh, I'm a Gator. Oh, I'm like, nice to know you. I mean, I went, hey, out, well, uh, I went out with a Gator we, nurse, we, too. That was fun. Well, we, we have, we have a, a son together, and his name is Christian Kane, with, spelled C-A-N-E. And he was born in North Florida Hospital. So, I mean, if that... If that does anything for you, All hopefully right. that, that helps a little bit. So she, she, okay, so now you got to make her an honest woman because she gave you your blessing, which is fantastic. Um, uh, absolutely. Any, and, and, and any chance of getting her post-grad, like at UM or something, so she can kind of eliminate the stench of being a gator? Any chance? No, no, no? not at all. Oh, well. It was worth a try. But, um, hey, sometimes the, the, the ex-girlfriend is actually a, a good thing, man. Um, we just talked about Jake Garcia and uh, – the ex uh the ex girlfriend now um, seems to be one of the reasons why he might be decommitting from UFC. So look out! Oh, I didn't oh, know that was what was in play. Success. Oh, that's a whole different ball game. Oh, man. that's game over. That's not tampering, Frank. That's real life. That's game over. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, man. He's not even going to be half the quarterback he could be at USC. Is it the same girl Manti Teo went out with? Oh, oh, ouch! You can give yourself a whistle for that, Frank. <laughs> You might as well stick around for another five minutes because I've blown through format with you. So you might as well not go anywhere. I'm watching his mechanics on Rivals. He's pretty good. He's got, I mean, he, he's definitely there as far as talent, man. And, and like I say, he's the poster boy. You, you look at him and he just, he seems, he just seems like he's fit to be a, a next NFL quarterback. Oh, man. And, and it and it kind of helps that USC um, also landed Miller Moss, who's a highly talented quarterback. So so right now USC has two highly graded quarterbacks uh, for the next cycle. Um, Was it tampering with recruits of ex players hit hit him up because like they've been retweeting his stuff saying, "Hey, you come in or not?" I'm on Richards did that. Yeah, no. Uh, so no, as long as they're not on the football team, they can do whatever they want. And I and I actually. I've seen people on the football team hit him up. I know Al Blades Jr. Uh, hit him up. Uh, Gilbert Frierson there. There's been a few guys that, that are definitely 
trying to get his attention. I think it's. I think all we need now is The Rock to drop a video. <laughs> That's why they've been going after The Rock. Oh, it makes sense now because I started seeing some of that rumbling yesterday on Twitter. All right. Yep. Um. So okay, I'm gonna hit up your boy Hurricane Marsh. I, I was just about to mention him, man. If if you want to follow a guy, if anybody out there listening who loves Miami Hurricanes football, you always want to be in a good mood. You always want to get hyped. Hurricane Marsh is not only my brother from another, but that guy is the Ric Flair of Miami Hurricanes football. That guy Ooh. will get you and going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, immediately our boy Armando giving him love on uh, on in um, on Twitter. Listen to me, Instagram. A uh, couple of years at State of the U, Hurricane Marsh has been. You know that I have a soft spot for anybody from State of the U because I did four years there. Um, all right, I'm going to hit your boy up. Let's see what he's got. He does his own podcast, Fours Up Podcast with J.R. Nelson, which I think I've also been in touch with. Yes, sir. All right, so it's you're, you're giving them a stamp of approval right here on national radio. I not only have to give them a stamp of approval, but if you look at the top 20 uh, football podcast right now they are actually in the top 20 they actually just jumped adam scheffner and these guys don't even have a microphone this is hysterical all right so you, the it worked tell hurricanes marsh i'll be in touch with him for sure it worked uh your boy nelson as well i think i hit him up uh i guess i hit him up last week sometime you know um and he was very receptive as well so they do that podcast together yes sir well, let's uh, let's get moving around here. Let's see what we can do. I'll get in let's touch go. with your boys. I this was a very good first installment of uh, your segment inside of my show. Uh, I gave you a hard time, and you came out flailing and swinging. Defended yourself well for a rookie. They better not go six and seven, Brad. There's no way we're going. Six Brad, and seven. you just said there's no way. You know how you just jinxed yourself, bro. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll put it to my son. Last year predicted a ten win season. So to piss him off, I said, no, man, you know who's going to win 10 games is FSU. And he got furious at me. He goes, what a cold take. So never realizing that I did it to make it sound as ridiculous as I felt he was telling me that Miami would win 10 games. A um, few weeks in, he moved away from the 10-game prediction. And he says, yeah, but I didn't pick FSU to win 10 games. I go, it was nearly as crazy to pick FSU as to pick Miami. And then, you know, Miami wins was six yes, last year, six good old six games, right? Mm. They better do better this year, and I think that uh, I think that some of the stuff that's gone on in the offseason, even though it's been a quiet COVID offseason, I think Manny knew he had to get to work. Notice Manny just didn't say anything anymore; he just got to work. So I'm confident that that's a good sign, and I'm with you. I'm rooting for him. I got mad at him last year because he kept listening to Daninos. Do your own thing, man. It's what worked. Do your Miami thing. Don't listen to some dude from Alabama. Hell with him. Absolutely, man. And, and the other thing is with, with this whole George Floyd situation that happened, I think you're, you're seeing a lot of universities and head coaches shoot themselves in the foot and ma just make themselves look Mike, worse than what they were looking for. Mike Gundy? <laughs> Mike Gundy's got a problem oh, on his hands, boy. Like nobody's yeah. business. He's going to miss out a Heisman Trophy candidate on his team because he, he did something that, that pissed him off. And, I mean, I think yep. uh, with all honesty, I think this guy – why is his name escaping me right now? It really shouldn't be. Um, Dabo? Yes. Why he is... I understand why he's this angry. I think where I'm going with it is why would he do himself so much damage in a situation like that? I get that he's pissed. 
Um, don't I mean, let he, don't let him or the things that he said or did upset you in a way that you're going to affect your own path. And I just I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing that he has every right to be pissed because this Gundy thing is is kind of crazy if you ask me. I don't know why Gundy engaged in that. I'm not really sure what you know what made him think this was okay. Um, be that as it may, it, it's kind of crazy for for Trevor Hubbard, who led. The, the the nation in rushing last year, by the way, he needs he needs to be able to understand that he's only gonna hurt himself a lot more than Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's gonna stay employed. Nobody's gonna fire Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's gonna stay employed. And even if you were to get him fired, it, it doesn't. God, I don't know how to express this, and I'm not doing a good job, Frank. I think Chuba Hubbard has a bigger calling to be in an NFL and to be a successful running back. And I understand that he can he can make a statement and not have to walk away from being the running back at Oklahoma State. He worked too damn hard. His family worked too damn hard to get him to that position where he could possibly win a Heisman. And I commend him for being convicted. You know, we're saying, hey, this is bull crap. I'm not dealing with this. This guy's an idiot for doing this. Until things change, I got it. But that's a Absolutely. that's a thick threat where they can turn around and say, you know what, well, you're a distraction. Your Heisman Trophy candidacy and all, be off. And it might be better for him, but at the end of the day, I don't know that I'm the kind of person that I'd want to risk. I'd be vocal against it. Absolutely, I wouldn't sure. shut up. But to say I'm not doing anything until this, that's a tough threat, man. That's a tough it's, threat. It's very, it's very similar to the situation you guys talked about the other day with um, Kyrie Irving and LeBron discussing, should, should we play basketball or should we not play basketball? I mean, you, you got both sides of it. Um, it it kind of, at this point, is it a bigger deal? To, are, are you going to get more out of it? Um, if you if you don't play, or if you actually do play, now you can use that platform and and actually express how you how you actually feel. Similar to what Colin Kaepernick tried to do, um, but unfortunately, right now, man, the, the, it doesn't like you were saying earlier, man. It doesn't matter what you say if you're on the good side or on the bad side, man. There's always going to be a, a, a counter to it. Dude, coaches are getting coaches are getting killed. Like, look, I mean, even Dabo Sweeney hasn't been you know immune to it. Now, in, in light of everything that happened, Gundy stepped up stepped up and, and did what he had to do, right? Like, he said, look, we're going to make some changes here. I didn't, you know, in light of today's tweet with the T-shirt that I was wearing, I met with some players and realized that it's a very sensitive issue, what's going on. And even afterwards, Chubba Hubbard uh, tweeted, changes coming, I promise you that. And he took a picture with, with my Gundy. So, I got it. I just, man, you work so hard to get somewhere. Like Frank and I have worked to get here, and we're careful about what we say, and we're careful about how we tread and do things because I'm not going to give in or kowtow to somebody because we have a difference of opinion um, and have it affect the livelihood of the rest of my life. So the same way Mike Gundy shouldn't be wearing that shirt because it's going to affect his livelihood for the rest of his life, or it could, I think Hubbard just has to be able to make a statement a strong statement. I guess he did, and obviously. <laughs> he isn't going anywhere, and everything's okay, and change is happening. Um, but you make a good point, Brad. That's not happening in Miami. It's happening in other places. Miami could be the most culturally diverse football program in the country. And there's a lot of Absolutely. love there, no matter what color or ethnicity you are. So it's funny how we don't hear it coming out of Miami. It's strange. Or maybe it's no, not I so mean, strange. It's all, it's, it's all about where you grew up and, and how, how you were built. Um, you, you, you're, you're, how you're raised is pretty much how you will end up being. And, and like you just mentioned, South Florida is definitely the most diverse city 
not only in Florida, but could be in all of America. And I mean, it's a, it's a testament to all the kids that end up coming out of Miami um, football program are from Miami. And you're seeing that with this next 2021 class, I believe 15 out of 17 commits right now are all from either Broward or Dade County. So we can easily stay in our backyard, continue to recruit the best of the best, because obviously, as we all know, South Florida produces the best football talent in all of America. It's just all about going from those second-tier guys to now landing those first-tier guys. Um, that, that's what's going to create that, that small gap between development and depth on the football team. Appreciate your time, brother. We will talk to you next Tuesday. All right, fellas. You guys have a great day. Take care, Brad. That was Brad Tejeda. You'll be able to catch him starting Tuesday, June 30th, two weeks from today, on the Brad Tejeda Show on, from noon to 2 right here on Slam Radio. We'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Good Morning Amigos, Sirius XM 145, the one and only Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145.